What up, y'all? You're now listening to Infused Influence, where we're infused by weed culture, cannabis business, and its politics through conversations with special guests. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. All right. Welcome back to Infused Influence. We are here with two special guests. But of course, Ray Vaughn. What's up, Ray Vaughn? What's going on, young man? How are we doing today? Yo, how are you, bro? Honestly, man, you know, I'm a solid 8 out of 10 today. Yeah, it's because it's raining. Yeah, yeah. come on now. Yeah. Come on now. You know this one is amazing for me. So I'm, I'm doing pretty okay. How about yourself? That's what's up, man. I'm pretty solid, man. Happy to be here with two great guests. One specifically, a, a great mom. So I think I think we got to do the introductions here. We're gonna pass it off to to one of our guests. Ooh! All right, today, Come on now. today I'm back again. Liam's back. Yeah, wait, 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 wait. Let's clap for that. Welcome back, Liam's young man. Back. For those who, for those who listened a few weeks ago, this young man, you know, has a, a real young man, by the way, especially <laughs> compared to Rayvon, a real young man. For sure. But why do we have him back, Rayvon? Please tell us. <laughs> we have him back because he told he he, he came here and he talked crazy. Yeah. Not even crazy, but just one of the more like exciting interviews that we've done so far. Um and so now we've got a special guest to come back and, you know, do some fact checking and just, you know, <laughs> talk to us a little bit about the young man. So for proof, I brought in my mother today. Oh, what's your mom's name? Miss <laughs> Natalie Hahn. Natalie Hahn. Hey, what's thank up, you. Mom? Can we call you mom? You can call me mom. Oh, that's great. Welcome to the show. We love moms. Welcome. We do. We do love moms. We appreciate you joining us. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you. For sure. Liam, I respect that you said miss. Uh, that's that. That's gracious of you. That's, that's gracious of you. <laughs> but like he also said, we have the fact checks and stuff. Fair. Fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's a good life out here. Oh, uh, so yeah, what, just so you didn't tell your mom about what we talked about. So, the we were actually in the car together, and the the uh, radio interview went on, and I no don't, way. I don't like, yep. I don't like the sound of my voice, so I was like, let's just. He just kept turning it down. <laughs> I'm like, what are you saying? And he's like, nope. <laughs> yeah, that is so. Did you guys listen to the whole thing? Or a, just, just a little brief. Part, but not much like little, uh, i didn't hear no nah, i no. heard his voice yeah that is that's so as sick. far as it got so do you did you put it on or do you listen to 90.5 it's one of my preset stations but I, but I didn't have it on at the time he came in and said it's on and he turned oh it on my goodness. <laughs> and then he turned it off <laughs> yo dude you turned it on and then you turned it off when yep. she didn't like your voice yeah oh my god oh my god 21. So tell her, tell her, tell mom what we discussed. Yeah, what, what, what am I fact checking here? Um, so th- the biggest thing I want you to fact check is um, some things that may have happened in the Naples house once, you know, <laughs> you moved, we moved to Texas and okay. I may have put people some in charge of some <laughs> things that I shouldn't have put in charge. Yes. And we may have been doing some things we probably shouldn't have been doing. <laughs> For sure. For sure. So, so here's here's what I know, which, again, I, I love that you started with good mom, but let's just say this is going to go into some pretty bad mom territory, and not in the fun movie way of bad moms. Um, so when we did move to Texas for a short stint, we had some of his friends move into the house, which as as an adult, I had some thoughts about that, right. but also... The particular person who was the lead on the lease was somebody we had known since he was nine. Nine, yeah. I mean, a long time. And I thought, all right, he's maturing. Maybe we can trust him. 
And then my concern grew when we were in Dallas and he was talking about how he could help them make their rent. And I thought, oh, why is my 16, 17-year-old talking about helping these grown men right. <laughs> make their rent with some business that he's doing? Now, I knew about his activities. I just didn't know the extent of the empire he had built in our little town of Naples. <laughs> I, I had clues. I had clues. Like we're, uh, I, I had clues because one of my, one of his loyal customers, I find out after, later, is my interior decorator. What? <laughs> pulling I, up. I hope he was giving you a discount. I was yeah. getting a discount. She was pulling up in her Mercedes with her kid, who is his age, doing a little shopping. No way. And saying, tell your mom I said hi. No, <laughs> and I was like, wait, what? Dude. <laughs> she just redid our kitchen. <laughs> You're like, we didn't make an appointment. What are you doing? Yeah, what, what's, what's she doing here? Yeah. And we're on a dead end street. So, like, if you were at our house, you were at our house. You were there right. for There was nowhere else to go. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, you said one thing. You said this is bad mom territory. You sound like a great mom. I wish my mom would have. <laughs> when I was 16, just let me. Do me? Yeah. <laughs> Are you kidding me? At 16, I had a bedtime. Like, <laughs> well, he did do. He had a curfew. Doesn't mean he was always there. Fair. Oh my. Fair. Goodness. Yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't the best son. I was very much a troublemaker. I was. I was a rebel with no cause. That doesn't mean you're a bad son, though. No, he was not a bad son. He was not a bad son. Here's yeah. here's what I've learned though that he one day is going to be an amazing father. Oh, that's great. And part of that is because. He already knows right. the trouble you can get into and the choices you can make. And that was my disadvantage. I grew up as a very much goody two shoes. Right. Always had good grades. Never had a curfew because I never needed one. Right. You were home on Friday nights anyway. I was out on Friday nights. <laughs> I dated I dated bad boys whose parents gave them curfews. Uh, they always had to be home before me. And my right. parents were like, You're fine. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're fine. But I was but um but that was my growing up experience so i didn't push limits i didn't i didn't do a lot of testing i grew up in south america where drugs were everywhere and i just never had a need to explore but i dated the kids who did so right. i saw it from a different perspective well yeah i don't i don't need to go there or do that right. now he has two older siblings who were born with that gene of rule follower <laughs> we follow the rules we color within the lines and so my years of experience raising them was very different. And I always tell them, like, you didn't prepare me for this one. Right. <laughs> you didn't both of them very much uh, play within the rules, which is great. And they are fabulous. But mm. Liam has never met a rule that he couldn't figure out a way to, <laughs> you know, bend, twist, <laughs> blast right through. Ways. Exactly. Oh, exactly. This is so great. And it's brilliant. I mean, that is the other thing. Yeah. I have been told by his teachers since he was... It started around third grade. Yeah, they were just like this kid thinks. And I was like, yeah, that's scary. <laughs> you know. Like, so how, how did you get to, uh, or when did you get to, and, and why? Really, is a question. Like you said, you grew up in South America. Yeah. So then, yeah, what's the story behind that? So my father, his grandfather, was a diplomat for the U.S. government. So we moved around every couple of years. So part of my, I had that funny childhood of being uh, exposed to the world right. and also very sheltered at the same time. Because when you're an American living abroad, there's a very tight-knit American community and you kind of play within those bounds. And then you get exposed to the international community. So we mm. lived in uh, Tokyo. We lived in Athens. That's sick. 
and then my high school years were spent in uh, Guayaquil, Ecuador, and in Asuncion, Paraguay. And then I came back to the States, and it's a schism there. And, and we talk about culture and, and race a lot in our family, because my father is of Korean ethnicity, mm-hmm. but Russian is his first language. Like, we have a whole bunch of weird yeah, ethnic stuff going on. And I grew up traveling, so we talk about this a lot, but when I came back to college, I had not lived in this country for over 10 years. Mm. So I identified overseas my whole life as an American and then came back to America. And, went, and you didn't feel I'm not. <laughs> my first year in college, I joined the Mexican-American club. What? Because I spoke Spanish. Yeah. And that culture felt comfortable because I went to yeah. high school in Latin America. Uh, and they were just like, sure. Oh, that's pretty cool. They're Come welcome. on in, Chica, join us. <laughs> yeah. Where did you, you go? To college? Yeah, yeah. Sonoma State in uh, Northern California. Wow. Yeah. And? And Harvard, but that was graduate school. I, oh. Undergrad was at Sonoma State. My graduate course was with Harvard. Oh, yeah, you Harvard. did tell me yeah. that she went to Harvard. Yeah. That's right. That's let's, what brought me out east. Let's clap it up for education. We like education <laughs> here, for sure. That's an amazing story. No, yeah, shout out to Harvard. Um, yeah. I, I like how you kind of was just like, yeah, yeah, and I went to Harvard. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> he had the shameless plug it. William had the shameless plug it. <laughs> I love to tell. I went to UMass Dartmouth, so I love mm-hmm. to just sometimes tell people I went to Dartmouth instead of saying the UMass because Dartmouth, the Ivy League <laughs> the school Ivy League. versus UMass Dartmouth, like the cheapest <laughs> state school in the state, two totally different connotations. Yeah. I mean, it's still a degree either way. Um, and that is the main thing. That, it's that's the what education. That like when people talk to me about Harvard, I'm like, look, there were plenty of idiots at Harvard. Yeah. If you can afford the tuition, I mean, right. they do look at that. They will let you in. There were plenty of idiots there. Yeah. There were plenty of smart people there. But there were brilliant people. I mean, Sonoma State was an offshoot of UC Berkeley, right? Mm-hmm. That's how it was founded. So it was this little crunchy granola hippie campus in Northern California. When I went, there were 4,000 students. Mm-hmm. There was nobody there. But one of the professors is, to this day, the foremost uh, expert on Virginia Woolf, if you're into literature and Virginia Woolf. Mm. Like, you go to this like, tiny little college to find her there. Like, the education was excellent. Mm doesn't really matter. The, the reputation is also all in just the networking. You know, right. why do the Ivy Leagues have such great networking opportunities? Why do we think all the people who become rich and move up in business that come from the Ivy Leagues? Because it's a network. Right. They all know each other. Right. That's how that works. Man, that's... Not wrong, to yeah. be honest, though. Mm. Not wrong one bit. Yeah, well, of college. connecting like, dots, that's dude. It. <laughs> but think about it. Like, even at a local level, we hire people we like and people we know. Right. Right. So it just so happens that if you go to Harvard, you might have a bigger network. They happen to be a whiter network, mm. you know. And so that perpe- it perpetuates it. It perpetuates the, the lack of diversity in the workplace, especially at the corporate level and especially at the upper levels of corporate America. Mm. But it, part of it is just human nature. We hire who we like. We work with who we know. Yeah, that's human psychology. Yeah. We also learn from people that we relate to as well. We relate to Liam. <laughs> it's just crazy stories. So you, you had mentioned uh, um, that your dad uh, speak Russian, but he's Korean. So there's a, um, if, you, if you look at the entire uh, western part of what was what is, I guess, Russia, right? You get to the Siberian aspect of it. Right. There's a region there called Primorsky Krai. There's, um, there were a whole bunch of Koreans that settled in that area. Mm-hmm. And so ethnically, they look Korean, but right. culturally, they settled there. They spoke Russian. That's amazing. And my father's family was part of that group that when the Bolsheviks in the early, in 1918, when the Bolsheviks came, yeah. decided they didn't want anything to do with that. So they fled over the border from Russia into Manchuria. Mm-hmm. And they created their own little 
Russian-Korean community, because it was, I don't know how many families, but it was a cluster of families that fled over the border together, reestablished themselves in Harbin in Manchuria and intermarried, so they kept Mm. the Russian-Korean bloodline clean, (laughs) as it was, and stayed there until the 1940s when the Japanese invaded. And so now we're in World War II. So my father was born in Harbin at that time, grew up speaking Russian, but his father, who also spoke Russian, but also spoke Chinese and Japanese and English, and oddly enough, and this is my favorite part of family history, my grandfather was one of, he had three sisters, and he had a brother. Mm-hmm. He and his three sisters uh, were sent to the United States for a university education because his father said, I want my children to be, you know, they're in this little tiny Harbin, Manchuria. And he's like, I want them to have a global education. Mm -hmm. He met some businessman who was selling corn in Nebraska and said, Nebraska sounds great. So think about the 1930s (laughs) and these three Russian Koreans. Yeah, four. My grandfather, my great, my grandfather, yes, my grandfather Mm -hmm. and his three sisters land in Hastings, Nebraska. And I'm just like, what happened to Hastings, Nebraska in the 1930s when these, these four Russian Koreans show up mm. for an education? And my grandfather got a degree in uh, literature. He worked as a journalist in Chicago until he was called back to run the family business in Harbin. No way. Yeah. Where, where was your dad uh, born? My father was born in Harbin in the 1940s. 1942. And then Korean War. Well, no, they went to Korea. Well, then when the Japanese came in late in 1940s, my grandfather was actually, because he spoke multiple languages and was American educated, just assumed he must be a spy. So the Japanese took him, tortured him. He got TB. Your dad? My my grandfather. Your grandfather. My father was a baby at this time. Right, right, right. And my grandfather was captured by the Japanese and tortured. And then he got sick. He got TB. And so they set him free. They were like, you're going to die anyway. So they let him go. Mm -hmm. And he didn't. So he came home and he said, we're done, <laughs> we're out of here. Yeah. And they, um, they went to Korea. So they went to Seoul where he did, he did then start working for the American government there. Wow. And then the rest of my grandfather's career was with the American government. Um, they were in Korea for a few years, Korean War breaks out, how hmm. convenient. They eventually got sent to Japan and my father spent his high school years in Okinawa, which is where he met my mother. Oh and my goodness! It's a it's a yeah it's a long story. Were we talking about Liam and his <laughs> empire at some point? We were, and we'll, we'll get back to that. We got to take a quick break, and we'll talk more about Liam's empire and a few more facts that we want to check. Right? Just a quick moment. All right, cool. All right, folks. Thank you for tuning in. Welcome back. If you missed the first half, you know we're here with Liam and Natalie. Uh, mom, <laughs> excuse we're me. Here yeah. with mom. We're here with Liam and mom. You guys know we love moms around here. Uh, we've been hearing about you know how Liam actually did the things he said he did back in Florida. We've one, heard a little one bit. One fact. One fact check, check so far, and we've heard a little bit about mom's background. So, uh, just picking back up there and telling us about what happened when you came to America. Well, leaving Korea. Excuse me. So my, yeah, my father's, my father and his family who had fled from it. So the route was from uh, Harbin, Manchuria to Seoul, Korea. Korea uh, is where they started working for the American government. Uh, They got relocated to Japan. My father and his brother and his mother ended up on the island of Okinawa. And that's where they spent the next, I don't know how many years, maybe Mm. eight eight or nine years, basically. So my father graduated from high school there. My mother's side of the family was part of the American occupation of Okinawa after World War II. So they moved there in 1946. And what nationality is your mom? So born in Pasadena, LA, yeah, so American. Her background is German, Scotch-Irish, like her her father was from Ohio. (laughs) 
Germans in Ohio. Her mother was of Scotch descent from uh, Missouri. And they had they had left their respective states to go to L.A. to work for the military. And wow. best part of their story, though, so even though they are the, the more American, you know, typical American story, mm. um, my grandparents met in L.A., started dating, got assigned, both of them working for the Army Corps of Engineers, got assigned to Pearl Harbor, mm. got engaged, and the wedding was set for December 14th, 1941. So, yeah, what? December 6th comes along, and there's no wedding. Right. <laughs> they both survived. Uh, Army Corps of Engineers sent them next to Alaska. So they rescheduled their wedding date for Alaska, but they were in two separate towns. And my uncle was in a ta- or my grandfather was in a town that he had to take a boat to get to my grandmother. Hmm. So they planned the wedding at the, my grandmother was in, Sm- in Juneau. They planned the, the wedding at the mayor's house. So we're Friday. And my grandfather's stuck on a boat in ice, and so he's late by three days. <laughs> so for three days, my grandmother and her friends are drinking at the mayor's house. Yeah. She just says, all weekend, we just waited for him to show up. That's insane. That's a so, wild, impromptu bachelorette party. Yeah. Oh, was, my God. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whole town, as you know, was involved. So that's, yeah. yeah. So stuck they, on a boat for three days. Three you days. learn a lot about yourself, yeah. man. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so funny. Well, there was one thing that Liam had said um, in the interview before, and we actually missed Miss, miss, miss heard him maybe we thought we thought you said your mom was the CIA agent no <laughs> she almost joined the CIA right. and my great my, the CIA. my great my great grandfather her her grandfather right. was CIA okay so that's what it was and we were just like dude how how is this all possible like what is going on with right. mom as a CIA yeah. agent yeah. so before before we moved to Florida uh, she was originally going to get a job in Washington D.C. working for the CIA right. and my, oh, that's what it was my yeah. grandpa growing up with all the, the tragedies that happened with dealing with the U.S. government and everything mm. he was just like nah don't, don't do, do that yeah. like forget that then yeah. she got a job down in Florida offering a whole bunch more money and that is when things i i right. changed i was a good that's old, when the empire oh, started hey, yeah pretty much <laughs> yeah. I, I was I, I moved down there when i was nine oh, yeah. and then what we like we talked about last time i really didn't start getting in i into like trouble till i was like 14 and then yeah. when i was 15 i got framed by the police Sheesh. all right that's number three right <laughs> so the cia is cleared up right? CIA is, that's the, a true story yeah. so what happened at, when he was 15 at, on the, the cul-de-sac that you guys lived on oh the, so he was he, he was roaming he was mm-hmm. roaming so so naples has a curfew I don't, I don't know if they still do but when he was there had a curfew for teenagers that mm-hmm. was just if you were under is it 18 or 17 under 17 or 16 you had to be home by 11 11. period and if you were over that age it was midnight and if you were working basically and if you were working then it was still only midnight if you were working and you had to be between 16 and 18 for that to get that pass and so this was at the era where and and this is this is when i refer to bad mom this is where i was focused on two things at this time. I was focused very much on my career at this point, and I was in this job that was much bigger. Uh, it was hard. I, it, it was hard. It was a hard job. It was a much bigger job. There was a ton of travel involved, so I was traveling all over the place. Um, and Excuse me. What did you do, by the way? I've been, like, oh, I, I keep sorry. hearing career and jobs. I just want to know. She's a business person. I, have, so two thi- I do two things right now. So uh, my corporate career has always been in marketing. Hmm. So I've been... Well, let's time out. Let's just... Ray Vaughn's a marketer. <laughs> He's like, yes. 
Okay. So, <laughs> yeah. 30 years doing corporate marketing That's and cool. uh, initially publishing, and then I went to high tech. So, I've been in the technology industry for a long time. That's cool. And then 10 years ago, I launched my own coaching business. So, I have my own side business uh, where I coach women in uh, mostly male dominated uh, industries. My clients oh. are in uh, construction, they're in tech, uh, doctors, medicine. So, those are kind of three main. Where, where women come and talk to me about how do they advance their career and what. Quick shout out to Dirty Girls Consulting. Thank yeah, you very much. Dirty you? Girls Consulting. Are you serious? Yeah. That's gas. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this sounds like a great mom to me. I don't, she keeps dropping bad mom. I mean, yeah, but no, but I was. Award or something for being a mom. I was busy all these things and part of our, uh, I mean, and our family was going through a divorce at the same time and his father moved across the state so there was four hours away um, it was not maybe as messy as some divorces are, but it was still, it was, it's hard. Divorce is hard on everybody. Mm -hmm. And I think going through my own stuff with the divorce, I was not as present or observant with my own kids as I think I should have been. Mm -hmm. And this same year that we, that we were going through this first divorce, um, my daughter was in her first year of college, so this poor kid is mm -hmm. dealing with it. She moved across the country to L.A., mm -hmm. so she's dealing with it by herself in L.A. as, as she's going through it. Um, David and, and Liam were at home and again I'm working I'm traveling I've launched my business and these are all distractions for me from the, kind of the emotional trauma of going through a divorce and I don't think I was nearly as focused as I could have been on what mm -hmm. Liam and his brother were going through mm -hmm. which and I know I remember very vividly you starting freshman year of high school and that was rough there was a schism between him and his friends from eighth grade to ninth grade mm -hmm. you're switching schools physically at the time so he was starting freshman year with finding a new friend group, his father moving across the state, his mother being distracted, mm -hmm. you know, not as engaged. So he had opportunity right. to get involved in things that I literally had no experience or purview into. And Ooh. he was busy and he seemed happy. And it took me a while to figure out that things were uh, not as cheery as I thought, that his experimenting went further, much further than I had actually realized initially. It took some beating over the head to get that through my head. I was realizing at the incident that you were talking about that um, I, had, I had discovered that he had very neatly taken a razor or something and had cut his screen in his bedroom that's, window. That's not why that happened. That's <laughs> not why that uh, Okay, let me, just, let me just say what I observed and you can defend. This okay. is great. But what I had discovered was that, because it was very cleanly slit so that the screen hung perfectly. And if I'm just walking by his room, his screen looks like it's in place right. and it's fine. Mm -hmm. But if you like push it, it opens and his bedroom uh, underneath that window was just a little overhang because there was a side door from the garage. So he could basically go from his window to this little overhang over the garage door so mm -hmm. he could hop down and then he could hop on the storage shed and boom he was oh, off okay and running. okay that's not how i snuck out it was much easier than that we had Front a, door? We, we had a <laughs> we had a door in our garage that just didn't make any sound and i didn't do that one of my friends slipped that open actually i think it was might have been my ex i think we i smoked i i, I smoked on that on that little ledge he's like i used it i used yeah. it i, did use the I, I didn't do it but i reaped the benefits i wasn't selling weed out of that slit i was smoking weed out of that slit so okay? it was so, out the so regardless of whether you used it that way that was like my oh he is sneaking out at night this right. is a thing this is a thing so what happened he was with a friend they were roaming a different neighborhood um they were roaming a different neighborhood, and what I know is that um, he was roaming the different neighborhood. I got the call at 3.30 in the morning of, ma'am, would you like to come pick up your son? 
And I did have a split second of, do I have to? <laughs> do I have to do this? Like, what happens if I don't do this? Right. They're like, we just can't keep holding him here. I was like, okay. So um, I come down, I get their story, and then I hear his story. Right. And we did some forensics. We did some exploration to kind of figure out what, what the truth was. And, and, and truthfully, their version of the story wasn't so different from his mm -hmm. as much as just... No, it wasn't so different. Because listen, what they, what they told me was that he and his friend were roaming through this neighborhood. Right. That they were um, trying car doors and breaking into cars. And, right. they, and they accused him of potentially breaking into cars and there might be some things missing right so in florida and i don't know if it's everywhere but i know in florida mm -hmm. um, if you just try the car door whether it's locked or not that shows intent and that's a felony wow. now he was caught by a deputy sheriff who for whatever reason happened to be awake and looking out his living room window at 3 30 in the morning yeah. three in the morning and caught these guys mm -hmm. so this is the story the police told me um Liam's state. Would you like to tell me what this? This is what happened. I went out. <laughs> he's I, telling the truth. Dude, yeah. Talk about he's dude, telling the truth. No, yeah. it's like, how often does this happen? No. I, 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 I believe him. I'm like, know. dude, I'm white. I'm on your team. Get me out of this car. This Get guy is worked up right now. I know you guys can't see him, but he is worked dude, up right dude, now. We believe him. Dude, I, I ate a McChicken, smoked three blunts, yeah. walked around, was w literally on the way home, and got. We heard a cruiser go skirt. I turn around and I'm like, oh no, it's going in the opposite direction, but it's Naples. There's no one out. So they're obviously like coming after us. We've right. literally made up a quick plan. We're like, we're going to hop through these neighborhoods, this, that, and the third, cut through the high school. We're, we're golden. We're in the game. And, and, and he, as soon as I come up with that plan, helicopter comes out and like yeah, a bunch they of They were surrounded by multiple cars. Helicopter? I did get that helicopter. verified. Helicopter at 3.30 in the morning? Helicopter. That's scary, bro. And, and they, they they slam me on the ground. They pin they pin my knee. I had to I had to say like six times to get off my knee. At least they got off. But mm -hmm. like <laughs> yeah. And then this kid you were with was not white. No, he was he's mixed race like me, both white and Asian. Oh and, word. And we're oh, both, but, we both. But he had a history with these guys. No, uh -huh. so Jason. I'm gonna drop his government because I hate this kid and he's a rat. <laughs> oh, hey, hey, hey. Right now, <laughs> no, don't live with hate in your heart, bro. Let it go. His, his name's Jason. Let it go, Jason. Bro. Oh, don't do that. Don't do that. We're going we're to edit that out. Yeah. And we, he was facing five, five burglaries for the same exact charge, and he got caught because he was, on, he was on drugs, and he went with a girl when they did it, and she left her cell phone in a car that they broke into. Uh -huh. So then they charged him, and he, was, he got out of rehab. So I was, and then he graduated. He just graduated. He was a senior that year. So he graduated a little bit earlier than and I did. And you were a freshman? Yeah. And I was like, let's go link. Let's go. Yeah. What are you doing See, so, yeah, with this so, kid? So this is, this is the challenge, right? He wasn't he wasn't caught because he did anything wrong. He right. was hanging out with the wrong person. Association. Guilty yeah, by association. Totally, That's what totally. it is. Totally. And they, and they essentially ended up telling me that. They were like, well, you know, this kid he's with, here's his record. Here's his right. rap sheet. We just saw him in here last week. Right. And I was like, all right, so my kid didn't actually do anything, right. but he was with the wrong guy at the wrong time at of night, time. and they yeah. used that as a whole story. And we did, for Liam, I mean, I, I've not been through this, so I right. got him a lawyer, and we did do a polygraph, polygraph. 
Right. We did a polygraph just to say, because uh, he was adamant. Yeah. I went to McDonald's. Right. <laughs> I know? smoked three I blend. smoked. Right. <laughs> and we were going home, and that's the story. So can I can I ask, did you see him attempt to break into a car? No, no. I, he didn't even do anything that so, night. He was so he was so scared that he was, because he just turned 18, and yeah. like whether they hit you like consecutively or not, one right. burglary is punishable to 3 to 30. Right. 3 to 30. And he was facing 5 already. And then they hit us with another 5. So did, did he tell the... I I, I, I soon when I get to, when I get the county I so first she she sends me to go live with my dad and eleven days goes by and I'm in the Walmart with my dad and we get a phone call going yeah your son's gonna have to you know uh, turn himself in or we're gonna send the marshals and I was like oh god let's just go do this let's get this over with and I get to jail and I go where's Jason and all they say is yeah we think you need a better friend. And I was what? like, I was like I said last time, that simple hood math. You know, two people go in an interrogation room. One only one ends up in jail. That equals snitching. And I we didn't even do anything. So he just made up something. He this made is him. why you just called him a rat a minute ago. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which is why we got a lawyer. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, we got a lawyer. We did the polygraph. Polygraph is not admissible though. It's not. It's not true evidence. So mm. we used it to go to the prosecutor to say, just drop this. Just right. drop this. She wouldn't drop it, but she gave him the standard first-time offense diversion, diversion program. Paid programming. And then I told my case manager, because I originally was going to get three to six months in there, and I only did like a month, a month and a half, something okay. like that. This is the charm of my son, though. Okay, <laughs> let's be really clear here. that The, the reason why he had an empire, and he's, he's good at sales. He's good at talking to people. He's very good at connecting to people. He's in a three to six month diversion program. What was the project you did? You did a project on I, a rapper. So goofy. It was so goofy. They I made him do a pro, like extra know, credit you know, school yo, project. Yo, I told her, I told her, I was like, no one will let me do community service because it's a, it's a felony. No other places will take me. And she was like, just do a poster board. And I, I, was just, I, did, a, I did one on Logic, the rapper. I swear to God. <laughs> and so their horny. response was, oh, he was so passionate and he did so much research and he really loved sharing the information. <laughs> and that got him out of diversion. And I was like, seriously. <laughs> you got you to send us this. I'm curious to see this oh, yeah. logic po- poster oh or project. God. It was a poster was a board, poster. dude. No, no, I'd have to scroll deep into the Facebook memories, and I'm all set. Dude, it's not that long. <laughs> and, and let me tell you, Natalie, this is why it's so crazy. Is because honestly, on the show, I was like, before we did the show, the recording with him, I thought he was like 25. To know that this all happened, like. A couple years ago, mm-hmm. <laughs> so it won't take you that long to find it because this is no, like three, I, four no. years ago. Bro. It was, I was four. You remember the um the one song about the I want to be alive today? That corny song, the one eight hundred whatever, the hotline, the suicide hotline. Yeah. It's, not, it's not that long ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's not that long ago. You're gonna have to send us the project. We'll I have to post you. it online. I'll, I'll find it. I'll find it. It's gonna be in the education part of our website. Yeah. Honestly, honestly, dad email? might have it still somewhere. He probably does. He keeps a lot of things. Yeah, so. that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. That's but that was his. That yeah. was his payoff. So, so was he? Was he framed? He was. He was wrongly accused right. for sure. He right. was wrongly accused for sure. Um, Florida and Naples in particular, those cops like to um, make an example with the kids. Like there's right. a there's a bit of power. I think they're bored. Right. I think those cops are bored, and it was a, it was just a power play for sure. for a kid. You know what? Now was he doing the wrong thing, hanging out with the wrong person? Absolutely. Right. Right, right, right. But again, his 
he's he's got charm yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he knows how to use it <laughs> so I, I got a question I, we're, we're over time i think we should just keep going well yeah what, what we'll do is just uh we'll have to like we'll end on the radio at a certain time we'll right. just use this next few minutes for like the actual show all right cool that sounds good so my question is it just uh because he told to us that he moved around a lot mm-hmm. right so we have that that is similar to you because you moved around a lot as a kid um or young adult mm-hmm. so like um what is the, what's the difference and what are the similarities because I, I think i heard you say that you you know i don't know like what, what was your introduction to cannabis for you and is that any different for for him oh okay so those were two different questions though. right right so around the moving question we're very different um i grew up moving and i started actually the same age as him i started at eight nine years old mm-hmm. um i loved moving I loved the chance that every time I went to a new country and a new school, it was a start over. It was a do over. Mm. Um, I didn't always love the process of having to make new friends and all of that, but also it was a clean slate. And uh, so I enjoyed it a lot. Um, Liam is a little bit more like my brother who uh, not a fan of moving, mm. like likes to have roots, likes to have this established. This is my place. These are my people. He loves to travel. So going and seeing places and visiting places, but moving was not as much fun. And I think it was much more disruptive for him mm-hmm. than it was for me. So, so I think we have those differences when it comes to moving. We have a lot of differences when it comes to exposure to cannabis. <laughs> yeah, so let's, let's, let's actually tell, no, okay, this is the greatest story ever on how you tried <laughs> weed for the first time, how you robbed your son of his Christmas present. <laughs> no way. Oh my I God. did. I'm no. on the edge of my seat. Oh, no. Oh, my God. So, First of all, we, I love where this is going right now. So, <laughs> so you're telling me you weren't 14, 15 years old running around with weed like Liam. Oh gosh, no, no. Okay, so so my <laughs> my very if I my very 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 first experience, I was probably seven. We were living in California, oh, okay. and I was hanging out with a bunch of older kids. We okay. lived in this tiny country town in California before we moved overseas, and uh, it was a bunch of teenagers hanging out. Uh, and again, country. They were riding horses, and I was included in this group. One of them had me on the back of the horse, and they all jumped down in somebody's front yard, and they're passing a joint around, and they gave me a joint. Wow. Because how funny is that to get a seven-year-old oh high? Wait, so you, this wasn't a contact high? <laughs> no, they gave. They said you take some. And my dad was a smoker at the time, so I don't know the difference. I'm seven. Oh my goodness! So I am partaking, but then I'm coming home like dizzy and with a headache. And my parents were a little bit like, "Okay, For you're not me? hanging out with those guys anymore." Did you know this story? No. no. Yeah, that, <laughs> that was my first. That was my very first. You didn't know that? No. But, but I, look, Dude, I was so special. little. I was so little. You Still. Know? But like, I remember I don't have that story. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was about seven. No one was handing me a joint. Oh, horseback riding too, yeah, right before. Come on. Northern California, very crunchy granola. You know, just yeah. that was with the people I was with. And uh, but that experience was I had I was dizzy and I had I didn't feel good. I was dizzy. I had a headache and I was coming home telling my dad, "Why are you smoking cigarettes? These are terrible." Oh my god! And he was like, "Wait a minute." <laughs> Wait a minute. For real? Who you been hanging out with? Right? And I told him the group of teenagers. And he was like, oh, okay. So. Liam, you didn't know this story? No. I don't tell this story that yeah. often. No, you know? I've never heard this one. <laughs> but for him, but then I didn't, did not touch a thing. Never touched a thing right. until um, you were six, 15 or 16. I was 15. You were it was 2017. I, I, <laughs> it, was, it was the Christmas of 2016, actually. He knows and, this one. Dude, I, bought, I got $100 from my grandma. I bought a half ounce from my boy who's no longer with us. Mm-hmm. And she goes in my room one day goes, what is that? What is that? Searches my room, finds the weed, just storms out like drains my bank account like no more allowance for you i was like ah dang i've been caught and i thought for years for years i thought she flushed that weed down the toilet i did not Th- i held on like, to like two years later we're at we're at 
dinner in <laughs> Dallas, Texas with her friend. And her friend's like, you smoked with that weed one time, right? And I was like, what weed? Like, you, well, you should have come to me if you're smoking weed. You know I have weed. And she's like, well, technically, Where I did. What's your stuff? Still holding on okay, to that half But, but <laughs> I held on to that for, like, a year. Like, Before. I didn't smoke it right away. Like, yeah. I held on. To, and I don't even remember why I held on to it. But I held on to it. And it was, like, a year later. And I was dating somebody who was like, well, we can do stuff with this. Like, we can, we can make brownies and we can smoke yeah. it. And we can, you know, so, so he's in my kitchen and we were doing something to try to get the boils out of it to make the brownies. That was one piece. There was a lot of it. Wait, where was Liam at the time? Liam was living with yeah. his father. Yep. Oh, so you were in Mass or you were when in Liam, when uh, uh, Melbourne, this is when I was in Brevard County. This is when I first started selling weed. That's what's going on. This is where the this is where the hood hood part came in. Because Naples was not hood. But Brevard Melbourne? County. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was... When he got in trouble with the police, the, the whole bad friend. Hood. Right. Well, I sent you away from Jason, which is really, I was trying to send him away from the friends that was getting him in this trouble that I'm getting calls at 3.30 in the morning from the cops. I'm yeah. like, this is not a good way to go. So, and I didn't have a lot of options. So I called his dad and said, guess who's coming? <laughs> there yeah. you go. Who was supposed to keep him on a very, his father is 30 years military, right? So right. he was supposed to keep him on a very strict military schedule, which I understand lasted about three weeks. So <laughs> there you go. I didn't know. Um, <laughs> But uh, but anyway, so it's like it's like a year later when I've got this stuff. So it's been sitting around for a year, yeah. and and this boyfriend, this guy I was dating, gives me rolls a joint, gives me a joint, and I'm smoking it, and it was like uh, one probably classic beginner. Like I feel nothing. There's nothing wrong with me. And he's looking at me, going, No, 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 it's it's hitting you. I, was like, nah, I feel nothing. But about 45 minutes later, just massive headache. Oh my goodness! Massive headache, and I was like, "Okay, this is not for me." Yeah. So when I tell him about it, I don't know, two years later, whatever year later, we were in Dallas. So it was about a year and a half later. Uh, he was just like, "Mom, my stuff was old. What were yeah. you, you thinking?" <laughs> That's why you got I was like, "Does it expire? I don't really know. It's like dried herbs to me." Yeah. <laughs> That's so it's stale. That's what we call it. <laughs> yeah. No, it was it was not a good experience. It was not a good experience for me. And then, um, just my, my just, brownies. His brownies are potent. I will yeah. say that no, because because no, this is just like in the last six months or so, he makes brownies and I have a chocolate problem, <laughs> and so I'm cleaning the kitchen. This is about six months. I'm cleaning the kitchen and forgetting that these are his brownies, <laughs> and I didn't eat a brownie. I Wait. did not eat a brownie. I grabbed like a little nugget, like the size of a nickel kind of nugget of a brownie, put just it in my it. mouth just to taste it, and then went. These are Liam's brownies. Yeah. So I literally texted him, like, these are your brownies, right? These are your brownies. Like, this is not just regular brownies. And he said, yes. I was like, oh, I took a bite. Damn it. I'm supposed to go get my hair done. Yeah. So he's like, oh, it's fine, Mom. You just had a bite. Yeah. yeah. So I didn't, my car was in the shop. I ended up Ubering to, or maybe you had my car. I don't remember. I ended up Ubering to my hair salon. Yeah. And like partway there, I can't keep my eyes open. I'm like, oh man i'm a little dizzy and really tired and holy cow what was in that brownie pe bite it was a bite i get there and i'm doing everything i can to stay awake and my hairdresser has known me for 20 years like i started no 20 22 years i started going to her when i was pregnant with him like i've known her that long and she's looking at me going mm. you okay you look really tired and are you all right i'm like i'm fine i'm fine but i could not figure out sentences out of my mouth but i'm madly texting him what was in your brownies my head is all messed up i can text but i can't oh talk 
So it's the first ever hair appointment where I'm quiet the whole time, which yeah. she's like, you must be sick or something. You need to go rest and take care of yourself. And as I'm getting up from the chair, all I'm saying, he's, he's, this is classic. So he's sending me, I'm saying, what do I do? I'm supposed to teach a class tonight. I can't be like this because I got a class in three hours. He was like, ah, maybe you could eat something. Maybe that will help. I'm like, Liam, this is terrible. This is awful. These, you know, and, and he starts sending me SpongeBob memes. <laughs> yeah, this I was like four years right. ago, bro. <laughs> I, I hate you, is what I mean. So as I get up from the chair, all I can think is, don't fall over. Don't fall over. Just straight line. Just walk in a straight line. I just got to go pay, and I got to go back in an Uber. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't fall over, okay. which is great. Yeah. And then I went home, and I ate a chocolate bar, and I tried to eat. I can't remember what else. I ate chocolate bars, and then I'm texting him going, it didn't work. It didn't work. Did you teach? I did. Oh, I did. That's what's up. I'm going to say, it was yeah. It was probably not my best class, <laughs> but I got through it. What were you teaching at the time? Uh, this was a course on, it was a leadership course for women, and it was on imposter syndrome. Oh, my goodness. So, uh, women in confidence. Wait, why are you laughing? Because she felt like an imposter. <laughs> totally, <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's hilarious. Yeah, what an ironic yeah. class to yeah. teach. I feel like, I, I don't know what I'm feeling right now. In my head, you should not be doing this. You have no right to be doing this. <laughs> They're going to find out that you're high. Yeah. Oh, man, it was, it was, it was, a, that was a rough one. Wait, was, did the hairdresser know that you, did she find out that you I told high? her, I told her at the next appointment. Oh, I told, so the next funny. appointment, I was like, so here's what happened last time. Yeah. She, she was like, you could have told me. I was like, I couldn't get my mouth to work. Oh I could not. Goodness. I could type. I could not talk. So let me let me ask you. So all right. So you had a set. You had a experience when you were seven years old. Mm. When you were 14, 15, 16, 17, Let's just say like middle school to high school. Could you have gotten your hands on weed? And maybe it was that experience that that turned you off a bit. I could have easily. Um, I was a cigarette smoker. So when I was 13, uh, 13 was when I was straight stealing my dad's cigarettes. That's crazy. Yeah, so it wasn't weed, it was cigarettes. And yeah. I didn't give up cigarettes till I was 21. So I smoked all through middle school, high school, right. and first couple years of college. College, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I didn't I didn't need weed. I was that, and I was that I was that girl who went out and bought clove cigarettes. And then I went out and got the, the, I was in San Francisco, right? I was in Sonoma mm. State, so just north of San Francisco. So I'd go into the city on weekends in college, and I'd go get the Russian cigarettes, which are like clove cigarettes, but worse. Yeah. Oh, they were nasty. <laughs> but we were so cool, right? So go clubbing in San Francisco, smoke our nasty cigarettes. Yeah, that was my, that was my thing until I was about 21. Do you, I, do you speak Russian now? Mm. Not now. So uh, that is when I went to Harvard. That was what I studied. I have a oh wonderful way. master's degree in Russian and Ukrainian no literature. Way. Dude, we got to clap for that. And that, that hits hard at, at Major Bloom. Yeah. You, you, know, you know why. Come on now. But does Liam know why? I don't think so. Oh, my uh, God. So why does that hit home here at Major Bloom? Uh, Come on, dude. Val? Yes. He has the same name as my great grandpa. Shut up. Yeah. yeah. That's mad funny. That I was gonna say crazy. we gotta get Val in the room, but it's it's. I know he's gone already. <laughs> oh yeah, he might. Did he meet your mom? Yeah, he met my mom. Did you guys? Did you tell it? Did you tell him? I I, I said it. I don't know if he caught it. Oh my no, goodness. he Valentine was my grandfather's name. Yeah. No way. Oh, I thought you meant his last name. Oh no no no. Just As if they were, you guys were related. No, to no, him, no, possibly. Yeah, yeah. But no, that's, that'd be crazy. I'd report you for nepotism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's great. Well, I think um man, so we just. We, we did a lot accomplished today. Yeah, yeah. Liam, thank you for, for bringing your you mom through. Not only you. bringing her through, but there was no hiccups in those stories. But no. that actually yeah. happened. It actually happened. It actually happened. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah it is crazy. <laughs> well, you have a crazy story too, so it's almost like 
It makes kind sense. Of, it makes sense, right? Like, yeah. Any words? Any words for our listeners? Since you listen to ninety point five, especially if you want to plug your woman's business, yeah, I mean, go, sure. go like and now. follow Dirty Girl Consulting on Facebook and Instagram. We should. Well, thank you. We should too. Thank you. We yeah. should do like cross promotion stuff. Like, we should do a leadership program here. Something for the woman. like that, dude. What? This is amazing. Yeah, that's, no, it that's is. It is. Thank you. It is you good. It's a lot job. of fun. Thank you, you very great much. Mom, for no. sure. You know, different. It, no, yeah, very different. So, so talking about the mom thing, I'll end on this. Like the one thing I have learned for sure is, um, with three, with having three, mm-hmm. right? They're all different. They all grew up in the same household. They've all had similar experiences, but they all interpret it differently. They all mm-hmm. use it differently. They all go at their own pace. Um, I don't have a complaint about any of them, and even this one, who was the one that kept me on my toes the most <laughs> with experiences that I did not anticipate or expect. Yeah. I mean, I learned from that too. I learn from them all the time. So, and it's, it's been so much fun. I think it keeps you young. For sure. Yeah, yeah for sure. You ha- if you're going to stay engaged yeah. with your kids, it does keep you young, for sure. You did a great job. But it's also fun. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a good time. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, you guys have just been infused. We just did some fact checking. This is this beautiful. Is, this is beautiful, man. One more time. For mom. <laughs> for real. We went an extra 15 minutes for you, by the way. So oh, that's, you, you should know it's special. Thank oh, you. For sure. All right. Till next time, guys. All right. So uh, we can dub.